This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're staying strong for our families in episode number 156. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, ladies. This is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com. Today we are talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. So many of these topics are, but this one has such a special place in my heart because we're going to talk about self-care. I opened this episode by saying that we're staying strong for our families in this episode. And if you don't take care of yourself, it's very hard to be strong. We all have heard the cliche about airlines. They tell you if you're sitting next to your child and there's an emergency and the oxygen masks come down, that you should put your mask on first and then your child's. And of course, the reason is you need to be conscious and able to help your child. So you take care of yourself and then you take care of your child. I hope to touch on some things in this episode that really resonate with that and maybe address concerns that come up with that. So let's let's talk about this a little bit first, about motherhood and the character of motherhood. I have been mothering for a long time now, and I still have a lot of years of mothering left to go. I have eight children. My oldest and my youngest are 16 years apart. And so I'm going to be looking at almost four decades of mothering minor children and a lot more years of grandbabies and mothering adult children, which is, that's an interesting adventure that I'm just getting started on now. And I hope that I'm doing it with grace and with joy as I see my oldest child begin to spread her wings and do her own launching. I hope that I can be an anchor when she needs it and also, you know, giving her that freedom to explore herself and live her own life. So anyways, you know, there's a lot, a lot of mothering that I have done and that I will do. And one of the biggest things that I've learned is that motherhood is service. And on many levels, motherhood is surrender. And I can almost get emotional about it right now on the surface because, I mean, like right at the beginning, really even before digging into it, because just those statements are such a really heavy thing. The truth is, it's it's sometimes hard to grapple with that and to grapple with the enormities that come with that because motherhood comes with trials and challenges and life comes with trials and challenges and it can be overwhelming and exhausting to realize that you're in this place of surrender, that you're in this place of service. You are not first and foremost. Having a child by choice or just because that's what happened is a big deal. It's a really big deal. And it it requires 
a commitment from you. And, you know, I don't remember whose quote it was, but there's a great quote about, you know, motherhood is agreeing to for forever to go around with your heart or part of your heart walking outside of your body. And it's really true because you have all these emotional connections to your child and you you worry about them and you worry, are you doing right with them when they're little? And then as they get bigger and you see their struggles, you worry. And as you see their pains and their hurts, some of which you have inflicted, it just gets, it's really difficult because we all make mistakes and we're, none of us are perfect parents and we end up doing things wrong. And then we see our children launching and and you know, the knocks that life brings, and it's just hard. And our calling is to really put put our children first in many ways. And so that's part of what motherhood is. But at the same time, there's there's a dichotomy there because there's still you. You're still part of this. You know, you're still part of this equation. And I think that that can be really difficult. I think that our society has stereotypes that aren't necessarily helpful for us. But there are stereotypes that kind of seem to guide us in a way. So there are stereotypes that... You know, we have stereotypes of the mom who's who's just totally checked out. So this is the mom that, you know, she has a nanny or she puts her child in daycare and then she's going and she's doing her own thing all the time and she's, you know, letting other people raise her kids. And that's a seriously negative stereotype that, that we have, and but it's there. And then there's this stereotype of the mother who is all sacrificing and does everything for her kids and... You know, she just gives up her entire life and she's absorbed in her children and that's her complete identity. And neither of these stereotypes really serves us very well. And then there are faith-based stereotypes. And I, you know, I know the stereotypes in, uh, in my faith. I'm not as familiar with if, if they're there in other faiths. But, you know, I come from a Christian background and there's, you know, you'll read things that talk about how you need to make sure that you get out and that you take time for yourself because that's healthy and, you know, see to your own spiritual nourishment and go to a ladies' Bible study every week and this, that, and the other. And then you'll turn the page of the next book that you picked up and it's, you know, you don't need to get out and you need to be devoted to your children and your home and this, that, and the other. So there's all these expectations and all these stereotypes throughout our culture that I don't know that they really serve us at all, any of them. Uh, and then there's, in some in some places, there are expectations for things that you may not feel good about with even having time for yourself, like this, okay, your baby's three weeks old now, so I'm going to come over and babysit, and you guys go out for a date. And you may be thinking, like, basically, over my dead body, is anybody going to separate me from my three-week-old? So... You know, there's all kinds of societal and cultural expectations and pressures and stereotypes. And I think it all gets conflicted and it all gets toxic. And really, we have to, you know, we have to find a way to find ourselves in all of that. And there's a balance, which is why I started this off. 
by talking about motherhood is surrender. Motherhood is service. But you don't lose you in that. And you need you in that. So I don't, I don't want you to listen to anybody who says, put yourself aside. Or if you do, listen to that with balance. And know that yes, you can find fulfillment in taking care of your children and your home and all of that. And no, you don't necessarily need a career to find fulfillment. But I do think you need time and space for you to find fulfillment. And it, it, it may not be a lot. And at different seasons of your life, you may need less. But I think that it's always there. So one of the things, our family's been through a tough time in the past couple of years. Really tough. And I've had people come alongside and help. And, you know, some people have been really helpful. And some people not so much. Um... And, you know, whenever there's a tough time, people are concerned about your kids, and that's normal. And so, you know, they'll encourage you to take care of kids. But, you know, one of the things that that really started to get to me after a time would, would be these well-meaning people saying, you know, make sure that you're thinking about the kids. And I got to the point where, you know, of course, I never did this. You just nod and smile. But I wanted to slap some people and say, you know, what what do you think that I'm thinking about? And I really think that's where most moms are. You know, what do you think I'm thinking about? But at the same time, there's this part of you that's screaming from the back that you you can't only live for your children. Number one, it's not healthy for your children. And number two, your children are going to grow up and move on. And sure, you may be a super involved grandma and help out with all of that kind of thing and you want to remain available especially when you've got a young adult child who's just launching and you want to be there to be the support for that young person and you want to be there to be that involved grandma because you know we know that intergenerational contact is enriching in a child's life but at the same time there's a part of you that is more than just mother and So to have somebody telling you, just think about the kids, just think about the kids, just think about the kids, there's this part of you that has a visceral reaction that's like, yeah, part of me is mother, but there's part of me that's not. There's part of me that's just Kristen, and there might be part of you that's just Amy or Judy or Ainsley or Lindsay or Coral. You know, there's part of you that's just you, and there's part of you that's in relationship with other people. And it's okay to have all these parts. And it's okay to acknowledge this. And I feel like it's not really... It's not really that you even have to have a lot of time. But it's being intentional about it. And so I want to give you some tips for being intentional about it. And so that you can see that even if you're in a really busy season of mothering, where that is almost all that you do you can still be really intentional about finding pockets of time that nourish you. Because that is what's going to help you be the mother that you need to be. And it's also what's going to be beautiful for your children to see. Because your children are going to, first of all, have a mom whose batteries have been recharged and who has a vitality and excitement for life and who's 
you know, learning things or doing a hobby or something like, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be different for each of us. But they're going to see that in you and see that you are a multidimensional person. And they may even want to come alongside of you with some of those things, which is fun. And sometimes they can and sometimes yeah, it's just for mama right now. But it's going to benefit your children. So before we jump into those tips, I do want to give a little side note that I believe that relationships are self-care and most especially your marriage is self-care. Now, there is no way that I could have ever left a three-week-old to go out on a date without my baby, but I'm not sure if I ever took a three-week-old on a date, but certainly probably by the time we're having a five or six-week-old you know, Scott and I would sneak away uh, for dinner. And a newborn tends to be pretty easy to take out for dinner. It can get a little bit trickier once the baby's a little bit older. But a new baby, you know, and I'm not saying that you have to do anything super fancy or anything. It could be at home. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put in the show notes. I think dating divas is a good, um, a good thing to look at if you need some ideas for dates because the dating divas, you know, clearly have a lot of good ideas on low-cost dates or stay-at-home dates or um, dates with other couples if you want to do that. So those kinds of things, uh, there's lots of good ideas there. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go out to dinner or to a movie. I, I don't think I've been to a movie in a theater in an embarrassingly long time. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do any of those things. But I do feel like investing time in your relationship and especially if possible to have some time to talk without the kids interrupting and that might mean that you put them to bed or it, it, it might mean, you know, even if it feels like you can't go far away, it could mean having a sitter or a mother-in-law or somebody um, in one room of the house with a baby and then you guys are in the other room or you guys go for a stroll in the park and you're only 10 minutes away and only gone for half an hour Whatever. But I do feel like nurturing your relationships can be a form of self-care because that relationship is an important thing for you. And for most of us, if we're in a marriage, we hope that that will endure past the time that our kids are home. And so investing some into that relationship and figuring out that balance, which is really, this podcast is about self-care, so I'm not going to go into all of that. But I feel like that's a worthwhile investment to make and ultimately it does help recharge your batteries and help you to work on that relationship and if y'all are interested in more on that I can definitely talk more about that so you can let me know just shoot me an email Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com or something like that but let's talk now about self-care. I really like the concept of mother culture which is something that comes from Charlotte Mason education. Charlotte, our, our homeschool is a Charlotte Mason inspired homeschool. And Charlotte Mason talked about continuing education of the mom. And then Karen Andriola wrote a book called The Charlotte Mason Companion, which talked a little bit about mother culture. And then just, I think, two years ago, yeah, I think two years ago, she released a book called Mother Culture. So Mother Culture by Karen Andriola that talks about this much more in depth and it's based on that concept and and basically what mother culture is is taking a little bit of time for you and i think that um, this is a concept that has been around probably in many cultures 
for for a long time, but it's taking time to enrich yourself. And that could be by reading. It could be by sitting down with a glass of tea. So I really feel like when you think about mother culture, there is this romantic notion of mom sitting down with a glass of hot tea or a mug of coffee or maybe even a mug of hot chocolate. But for some reason, it's always a hot drink. And I guess I always feel like a little bit of a failure with mother culture because I'm not a huge hot drink fan, or maybe it's just because I'm so busy and maybe this is why I need to do it, but that it's like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to find time to sit down with a cup of hot tea? But that's like the stereotype is, you know, you sit down with a cup of hot tea and you close your eyes or you read your book, but it really, it's, it's something to enrich you. And for me, there, there are different things that I'm interested in. I'm, I'm not a huge fiction reader, much to Scott's chagrin, because he reads lots of fiction and he wants me to read the same books. But and I make my way through some of them. But really, I enjoy nonfiction. Um, but for example, during mother, like during my mother culture time, I try not to read anything about business or entrepreneurship or anything like that. I try to read stuff that's it's more nourishing to me. And so I I will read about parenting. Or homemaking, because those are things, but usually it's not like straight up more technical how-to manuals. Like I probably wouldn't read something about classroom management or something. Because I do sometimes read books like that because I, I just find those things interesting. But more I will, and, and I might not, you know, I might not peruse like a Martha Stewart how-to book. Though I, I'm a fan of Martha Stewart how-to books, which my oldest gets no end of pleasure teasing me about. But I would I read more about like creating an atmosphere in your home. Uh, I think I've mentioned on a couple podcast episodes lately, um, Sally Clarkson's books, The Life Giving Home and The Life Giving Table. That would be the kind of thing that I might read, or I might read, say, Karen's book, Mother Culture, and you know, just reading that sort of thing, or I might read in the scriptures, or read or listen to a Bible study that I've been interested in. Uh, And again, sometimes I will read a parenting book. Sometimes I might read a birth book, but if I'm reading it like in textbook fashion for my own studies, I probably wouldn't read that during mother culture. Or if I'm reading it to do research for articles and stuff, I probably wouldn't do that then. But if I'm reading something that's going to be more inspiring and again, nurturing, nourishing, then I might read that then. So again, it's It's what is going to be nourishing and nurturing to you. And I think that a fiction book would fit well in that time. I'm just sharing what I read because I'm not a huge fiction reader. Though I might indulge in some fiction. Or sometimes I want to read a magazine. You know, which is maybe not necessarily very nurturing or intellectually stimulating. But it's something for you. Another thing that some women do is, you know, they do handicrafts. So my mom may have used that time to cross-stitch. She's a big cross-stitcher. And so that's the kind of thing that I want you to think about is what feels deeply satisfying or nurturing to you? And could you make time to do it? So for me, it's sitting around. I have a list of books and usually I have my little pile of books. And it gives me great joy to take this 30 minutes to sit in the chair that's in our master bedroom and you know go I usually go through a couple books or sometimes I'm browsing a book and 
I'll go through that book. And then I have one book that's um, a book on homemaking. And I usually read, it's got short chapters. And so I usually read like a chapter of that to end my mother culture time period is, and again, that's, it's just something that nurtures me. And so if crafting or something is something that nurtures you, then that could be that period. But it's a time to be quieter and and more still and just do something that feels good to you. And that's why I think that choosing something about motherhood, like kind of creating the environment or atmosphere that you want. Uh, Susan Shea from Macaulay's book, For the Children's Sake, would be one that comes to mind. Waldorf Pedagogy, which has some things I agree with and some things that I don't, but they, there's a lot of Waldorf books that are written about atmosphere. Um, the Early Years Montessori book. Again, these are things that I've just read over time that I've pulled from. But they talk about they talk about atmosphere, creating atmosphere, and they're inspiring in a special way. And so those would be the kind of books that might nurture your soul and inspire you. Donna Simmons' materials on Waldorf. She's got some early years Waldorf stuff. Um, Simply Charlotte Mason has an early years guide and, and she's got some habit training guides. Again, these are things that I'm not telling you that you have to read these or that you have to read about motherhood or whatever. It's more to help communicate that these are books that aren't just really like nuts and bolts things. They're more about atmosphere and the spirit and the soul of your home. And when you take these things and don't put them on a pedestal as a standard that you can't measure up to, but rather take what you can from them and think intentionally about how you can weave them into yourself and into your home, they become nourishing and nurturing to you and inspiring to you. And that helps your self-care. And it helps you create a vision for what you want. And that has to be tempered with you know, tempered with reality, which is the reality is, is that we're going to mess up as moms. And the reality is, is that we may not be able to get there or we may have to take, you know, we may have to take baby steps to get there because we can't do it all at once. If you'll remember a few episodes ago when I talked about loops and then a couple episodes before that, I talked about bottlenecks. You know, these are things that are a reality in our life. And we may only be able to take baby steps and incrementally get to where we want and clear out bottlenecks. And like I said, I've been I've been mothering for a long time, y'all. I've grown a lot over the past couple of decades, and I'm sure that over the next couple of decades of mothering, I will grow even more still. And then over the decades of my life, hopefully, you know, by the grace of God, grandmothering, I'll grow even more. So it's just you know, it's, it's one of those things that you really, that you take and realize that growth is going to happen. It's going to be slow, but that I can do it and kind of working towards this vision and being inspired and excited and looking at the possibilities can be something that is really, really helpful to you as a mom and really nurturing to you on a soul level. And some of these books may be books that you revisit again and again in your mother culture time. Um, another thing, that, again, I guess I think of mother culture as being something really relaxing and more introspective. So I haven't done a lot of watching of videos, but sometimes there could be videos that might be nurturing to you that you may want to watch. 
Now, another tip that I have, and I feel like this one is really helpful, especially if you're doing crafting or you have a project that you really want to do that is nourishing to you, this is a good tip for that. So I recommend that you try and carve out a mother culture time during your day. And if you're working, it could be on your lunch hour because you may not have time for it at home. So it could be on your lunch hour where you have a couple books and you're going to, you know, this is just going to be your time or you even go to your car. Um, And then if you're at home, it could be during your children's nap time. So have that time. But another thing that you might do, and this is a tip from Terry Maxwell's Managers of, of Their Homes, which would be one of those nuts and bolts kind of books that I read when I'm doing homeschool planning. But I don't know, this book is nuts and boltsy, but it's also inspirational. So I might find myself indulging during mother culture time. But Anyways, this is a tip from Terry Maxwell, which is either 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day. And that's where you have that time period that you're going to devote to that project. And especially she uses the example of sewing. She really wanted to do sewing. And she said she would have to take supplies out and put them away at the beginning and end of the period. So that cut down on the amount of time that she was able to work on it. But across the course of a school year, because she was talking about fitting this into a homeschool schedule, across the course of a school year, she was able to get a lot done. She was able to, I think, make nine or 10 outfits of varying sizes for varying people, like the baby outfits don't take as long, for example. But she was able to do a whole lot. And when she looked back across the course of the year, she had been able to spend time most days sewing. She was able to see projects finished. And again, it just, it gave her that nourishment that she needed on a soul and on a spirit level. And so that's, I think that's a great tip. For me, my 30 minutes has been decluttering uh, our home because, you know, with, oh my gosh, a family with eight children in it, there just ends up being a lot of stuff. And even our master bedroom and master closet have ended up with just a lot of stuff, you know, with over a decade of marriage and a bunch of children. And it's just a lot of stuff that gets acquired. And so, you know, I'm busy And there's no way I'm going to be able to devote a lot of time to decluttering. But I've been working bit by bit. And even though sometimes it feels overwhelming, so it's not relaxing in the moment, when I get done, especially at the end of a week, where I've spent 30 minutes a day working on decluttering, or even sometimes, again, because it can be overwhelming in the moment. So even 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, somewhere in there, for the really overwhelming times, it can, I really feel satisfied. And I really do feel satisfied with how much I've gotten done on our home. I've gotten to the point where I'm feeling it's, it feels much more exciting and nourishing now that the spaces are being decluttered and I can start thinking about decorating. That's been really fun. That's something that I sort of indulge in on uh, Saturdays. I look at howsalot.com. That's H-O-U-Z-Z.com. How's, I'll put that in the show notes too. I love looking at that website for inspiration. Like if I have an idea for my kitchen, I'll search for photos related to that and look through all the different ones. And and they have kind of a Pinterest-like feature where you can store things in idea books. So I have one for each room of the house. And then when I'm ready to decorate that room, I can go back and look at all the ideas and inspiration and come up with something for me so that one's really nourishing and it follows but it follows the organizing and decluttering which is satisfying but maybe a little overwhelming in the moment 
And you probably feel that way. But again, what, what we're talking about is these are things, projects, and they can be different things. They could be cleaning. It could be learning to bake or learning to cook or something like that. But they're things that are nourishing to you or things that help bring you peace and satisfaction. And you may not have a lot of time to get them done. But there are ways that you can carve out these small spaces in your day or in your week and and make those things happen. And that's nourishing to you. Another thing, and I talked about this a couple episodes ago when I talked about getting your baby out in nature, finding time for you to be out in nature can be really nice self-care. So being able to take a walk either with your kids or sans kids if you can get away for a little walk without them but even with your kids and I definitely suggest if you're going to do nature walks with your kids that you do plan enough time that it can be an ambling walk though if you're not used to doing this with your kids they may be shorter at first because some kids take to nature like fish to water other kids take some time to warm up to it So you may need to be shorter at first as you build up their tolerances and help them reestablish their wonder and awe. But that's one of the beautiful things about being out in nature is this wonder and awe. And just like nature provides stimulation, but it's also very equalizing and calming for our children's sensory systems and vestibular systems, it's the same for us. So some time in nature can really be giving yourself a gift and self-care. Another thing that I feel is important for self-care and can be really hard for moms is personal care of you. And I speak knowing that this is one of the hardest things for me. You know, if you've seen my YouTube videos, in almost every video, I have my hair the same way that I've worn it for years, decades at this point, which is just in a braid in the back. I don't do tons with it. My hope is one day maybe to start playing with it and doing a little bit more with it. But for moms, it can be really tough. You know, it can be tough. But I would encourage you again, this is one for the 15 minute, 30 minutes. Find that time in your day that you can take care of your skin, that you can take care of your hair. And it may be that not every day are you going to be able to go all out with everything that you want. But on a regular basis, you feel like you're nourishing your skin. On a regular basis, you feel like you're able to shower. On a regular basis, you're able to do something with your hair. Maybe maybe once a week or once every couple weeks, you watch a YouTube video from a favorite fashion vlogger or something where she talks about natural skin care or where she gives you tips for long hair or short hair or whatever kind of hair you have. I think YouTube can be a beautiful thing for that. So, and then you, you know, you take some time to play and just to enjoy your body. So I think that's important. I also think another thing that's important for mom self-care is your health and supplements. And I know I've been through a lot of seasons in life where income was almost nil and supplements can be expensive, but you can learn to cook fairly nourishing foods from scratch relatively inexpensively and also in a streamlined way so it doesn't take a lot of time. And I, I talked some about that in, you know, in, in a couple or a few episodes ago when I talked about, um, you know, making fancy meals stress-free. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. But, 
you can find ways to help nourish your health at lower costs. And if you do have the income to be able to invest in some supplements and things, that might be a good strategy. And my hope is coming up on the podcast in the next couple of months to start exploring some of those topics for enriching and nourishing your own health and looking at how you're feeling and what supplements might support what. But those episodes take a lot of research, so I'm still working on all the notes and everything to get all of that together. But I'm hoping to get some information out to help you. But I would encourage you to take time to think about that. Um, you know, if you struggle with with mood problems, then probably supplements can help. If you struggle with fatigue, there may be supplements that help. And some of this is going to depend on if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, if you're trying to conceive or whatever. But some of what I'm going to recommend is going to be safe for all of those stages. So, you know, there are various things that you can do. And you can always work on Uh, eating clean and a nourishing diet and that sort of thing. So giving yourself the gift of, of those and taking a little bit of time, this could be something you do during that little mother culture period, to research and study and figure out what helps you feel good. That's an investment that I think you should make in yourself. And part of that goes back to that airline thing, put your own uh, oxygen mask on first because... You want to be healthy and getting enough sleep, enough rest is another one that falls into this. Um, And I think helping your baby, one of the things I talk about and and go to sleep is, which is my baby sleep class, um, is helping your baby sleep because then you get sleep, which gives you the energy to be a better parent. So again, taking care of yourself. And then one other thing is clothing. I think sometimes as moms, we just default to what is easiest, which might be jeans and a t-shirt every day of the year. And I don't think you have to dress to the nines. But one thing that I enjoy, especially if I'm going out and about, and but even at home, I like having some stuff around the house that is easy to put on, easy to wear, that I'm not worried about staining, but also feels good for me to wear. Like it may feel sporty or fun, or it may feel more feminine. But it's, you know, it's just, it works well. I've taken to really liking wearing aprons in the kitchen. Um, Aprons that actually are going to be protective, like not some of these little fancy flimsy things that don't do anything. But because it allows me to wear an an outfit that's a little bit nicer. And, you know, I think that wearing the apron is kind of fun too. It makes for some moments where you feel really domestic. And I don't know, I think it it excites the kids because if mom's putting on an apron, it probably means that she's going to do something yummy in the kitchen. But it allows me to wear clothes that, you know, that I may not necessarily wear. Now, if I had a brand newborn who was spitting up all the time, it might might be a season where you're, you're going for a little bit more casual. But I try and dress intentionally every day, even around the house. And then if we're going out and about, uh, one of the things I like about Northern Michigan is fall, uh, winter, spring, you can wear sweaters. And it's pretty easy to make an outfit look cute with a sweater. I, I was never a fan of sweaters as a child, but I've come to appreciate them a lot more as an adult. But anyways, you know, and one of the things that helps me is I talked about on one of the podcasts about meal planning, but another thing that helps me, and this is a tip I got from a YouTuber, but I can't remember who it was, so you'll have to forgive me, but is to take a look at my calendar at the beginning of the week and to actually think about outfits that I might like to wear depending on what the calendar says. And that's really helped me because just taking a couple minutes at the beginning of the week to look at 
you know, what appointments do we have this week? Where are we going to be? And then what outfits might might work for that and which ones might not? Like, for example, if I'm running errands with, I have a white skirt, right, that I really love. Um, but I only re- wear it if I'm going to an appointment or running errands without kids in tow. Because I'm just probably not going to wear this white skirt that is one of my favorites when I've got a bunch of little kids clinging to me and we may be going to the park or whatever. It's just it's just not the time for that. So if I'm going to run errands by myself, I might plan to wear the white skirt that day. If I know that we're going to be hiking, I wear one of my sporty skirts. If I know that it's a day at home that's going to be a low-key day, I might wear a denim skirt or wear jeans. So it's just taking a few minutes to think it through. And it really does a lot for your self-image, and just for how you view yourself and think about yourself. And I also feel like get clothes that fit and that feel good on you, but are not necessarily like super frumpy or balloony or baggy. Like get clothes that feel good on you. And if your goal is to lose weight, then know that when you lose weight, you can find more clothes. One of the things that I've liked doing is making a list of pieces that I want to watch for. And then anytime that we're out thrifting or whatever, I keep an eye out for those things. Because otherwise you can walk into a secondhand store, a resale store, a thrift shop, and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I need. And you pick out something and you get home and you're like, this just does not work with any of the looks that I'm going through for in my wardrobe. But if you have a list, you know, you can be on the lookout. Or if you know pieces like we're getting towards or it's getting chillier here and I pulled out both of my long sleeve white tees and I realized they both kind of look really ratty. So they need to be replaced this season. They're worn out. Um, And so you kind of know and you can, you know, you can look for pieces and find really great finds. There are, of course, websites and stuff online that you can look at to help intentionally cultivate a wardrobe that you like. And this could be something that you do during that mother culture time too. I mean, I feel like I really didn't know much about fashion or dressing nicely. I kind of knew what looks I liked, and I, I had an idea about that. And so Pinterest is a good tool for that. Uh, you know, you can look up different styles that you like and then put together boards of looks that you like and maybe figure out what your niche is. Of course, like I, I kind of like a preppy look and my oldest, she likes an eclectic look. So she likes looks from all over, but we have fun. Like one of my favorite things to do is to sit with her. Like if she sees that I'm looking on Pinterest at fashion stuff, like of course right now this is one of the things I miss while she's at school. But, you know, she'll pull up a chair and we'll be going through that stuff together. It's fun. And even your younger girls might like like doing that with you. But again, you know, you can start getting ideas. And then you can often, again, YouTubers can help you start to figure it out if you don't feel like you have a really good idea of it. And you can just learn little by little and make mistakes. Like I have a couple pieces. Um, I have a couple pieces in my closet that after getting them, I'm like, yeah, it just doesn't work for me. So, you know, these are just this personal care stuff. You know, you're taking care of your skin, um, hair care, supplements, health, maybe an exercise routine. That would be something that would, again, fit in one of those 15 to 30 minute blocks. And in some seasons, you're going to have to be choosy. You're not going to be able to do a lot. But you may be able to find something, even a five minute YouTube routine that that might fit in to your day and your life. So self-care is, I feel like it's vital because even if there's only these small pockets of time, 
They help nourish you. I know that that 30 minutes that I take most afternoons, not every afternoon, I'll be honest with you ladies, it doesn't happen every afternoon. But when I take those pockets of time to do something that really nourishes my soul or like the decluttering, again, it doesn't happen every day, but most days I do find 15 to 30 minutes to do that. And it's scheduled, but sometimes other things come up during that schedule block. But, you know, finding those pockets of time that that give you that soul nourishment or, and, and another thing that's, I, I can't not talk about this, but another thing that's essential to me is I get up early enough in the morning to have a quiet time where I'm in the scriptures and I'm able to pray. So that's a time for me. And, and that's, you know, getting up early in the morning. Um, but, you know, it's just, these things are really they're nourishing or they're satisfying to you. And even if they're small pockets of time and the rest of your day is busy, they're kind of anchors for you. And they give you, they fill you up because so much of the time our relationships with our children don't fill us up. They're more draining. And I encourage you to find times that they can fill you up. Like for our family, family read-alouds, walks together usually, family dinners usually, though those they all of those times can end up being chaotic. Cooking together though, baking together especially. You know, those are times when we find pleasure and enjoyment and, and so there is like that giving back from our kids and there's that nourishment. And I, I encourage you to find those times where you just enjoy your kids and enjoy parenting. But the reality is is that a lot of parenting is give, give, give and you become depleted. And so that's why mothering is sacrifice and is service. But you take a few pockets of time to refill yourself and really nourish yourself. And that's really, really helpful. So, you know, another thing I mentioned just a minute ago is if at all possible, do get up a little bit earlier than your kids and give yourself the chance to start your day with that grounding and that nourishment, whatever it looks like for you. There's a pretty good book called um, Miracle Morning. And I can't remember the name of the author. I think it might be Hal Leonard. But if you go search Miracle Morning, and I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, then you'll find it. That book is a pretty good book to talk about establishing a morning routine. And it works regardless, spiritual, secular, whatever. So it's a great book. If you need help figuring out how do I get up early in the morning, it's got some great tips on how do I get up a little bit earlier and what do I do with myself during that time to really nurture myself and give myself a good start to the day. And again, you know, if you just had a baby three days ago, please go easy on yourself. Uh, If you're pregnant, go easier on yourself. But you want to find those times to nourish yourself. And I do feel like one thing that helps moms is if you get up and get a little bit of a head start on your day and nurturing yourself before your kids are up. So that's something that may help you. And then you know, finding some joy in the daily grind can be helpful. Like I said, one of the things that I've found is nourishing to us is cooking together and being in the kitchen. And I found that meal planning and things like that can help make it so that when I get in the kitchen, um, I do feel more nourished. And I, you know, spiritually, soul nourishment. And you know, it's satisfying for me because it's not quite so harried and crazy and hectic. And so that, you know, that can be really helpful. Um, so that kind of, cult, you know, kind of cultivating a love or finding a love or interest in some of those domestic things that you have to do. Now, I'll admit, ladies, 
I find great satisfaction in having all of the, the clean laundry put away, but laundry is just, you know, it's a grind that is not ever going to probably thrill me. Some ladies really find like this sense of peace and say hanging laundry on the line. And if that's you, that's great. Kind of like I really enjoy being in the kitchen, working in the kitchen alone, working in the kitchen with my kids. Sometimes I do watch videos and things while I'm working in the kitchen if I don't have children around and I like that too. So, um, you know, another thing, I'm not big on dusting, but I get a sense of satisfaction out of tidying up and making sure that especially our master bedroom and bathroom are tidy. So finding little things in the daily grind, so to speak, that can help spark joy, um, to use kind of a Marie Kondo t- term there, can can be really helpful. Um, so... It's just, it's finding these little ways to nurture yourself throughout the day. And also realizing, and I won't go into this because this could be a totally, totally full podcast episode by itself. And this one's been a bit long already. But realize that you can set goals for yourself. Like you can think about things that I'd like to do. And they can be related to your home or your parenting or your homeschool if you're a homeschooling mom or whatever. Like my decluttering project or homeschool planning for me or you know, those things can be can be there. Working on our family dinners, as I've shared about in some podcast episodes recently. So those can be goals. Or they can be things just for you. Things that you want to do. Things you want to work on in your marriage. Things you want to work on in yourself. Things that you want to work on spiritually. If you're a professional or own your own business. Things for professional or business work. It's okay to have those goals and those pieces and parts of yourself. Because... Again, those things are things that, and sometimes you may only work on them in tiny baby steps at a time, but over time you'll look back and be very satisfied at what you were able to do. Or you'll see that a season of crisis came up and you were able to make it through and there's strength in that. And and that becomes part of what nourishes you and helps you move forward. And, And so you know, you can look back and feel satisfied because you take time for yourself and you give yourself grace during the harder seasons. That's self-care too. So I've talked about a lot on this episode and it's gotten longer. So I hope that it's been inspiring to you and it's given you some good ideas. I do want to share with you that I've got a new program coming out. This is one that I wanted to do because I want to be able to share with women, particularly women. It's not necessarily anything that's related to natural birth and baby care because it's really focused just on helping women, but it certainly works for helping moms. But it's it's the busy woman's guide to finding joy in the chaos and in the daily grind. And it's basically a doable guide to helping you unlock happiness, gain clarity, regardless of whatever challenges life is going through. If you want to go to birthbabylife.com joy, that'll take you to a link where you can watch the masterclass where I talk about helping you get everything done in a day and shares a little bit more about the, the full class. But the masterclass is free to watch. So you can check that out at, at that link, birthbabylife.com joy. This is kind of a side project, a labor of love, if you will. So if that resonates with you or you're interested in checking that out, go ahead and take a look. Otherwise, I'm going to go ahead and finish this up. I hope I've given you some inspiration for nurturing yourself, gentle mama. And with that, I hope that you have a blessed week and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. 
For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.